Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It's Friday, January 21st, 2022. I'm Andrew Hansen alongside Josh Crash Davis. And you see that big smile on Crash's face. He's been very patient and it's finally time to talk about the divisional round, which means that his Packers, who've gotten that bye week, are going to be ready to go. But uh, they'll be in game two of our coverage here today, Josh. You, you have to wait for that early Saturday game first. Yeah, I've gotten used to waiting, so why not? <laughs> why not a few more hours, right? A few more right. minutes. So what we're going to do today here is break down both Saturday games, get you ready for the two-game slate. Then we'll have our separate podcast for the Sunday two-game slate. And then we'll help our members get ready for all the different contests this weekend on all three sites, including Yahoo!, and the showdown slates, uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. We need to break these down team by team and really look at these matchups so people will be ready for each of the slates. So, Josh, let's start with Cincinnati and Tennessee. And th for this two-game slate, it's interesting. Both totals right around 47, 47 and a half. Home teams favored here, Tennessee by three and a half. Your Packers now favored by five and a half. A little bit of money on the 49ers as that number opened at six, but Let's start with Cincinnati here on the road, uh, coming off a, a decent win over the Raiders. Uh, give everybody some confidence there. Uh, shout out to all of our Bengals fans for that first yeah. uh, playoff victory since before texting began. Uh, so it's been quite a while, uh, but exciting for everybody there and a fun group to watch with Burrow and company. And I'll start right there. I, I like Burrow here as my quarterback on this slate, 6,600. Uh, so he's cheaper than Rogers and, you know, pretty good matchup here against Tennessee. They're 25th in yardage allowed against the pass. And they're really strong against the run second, uh, in yardage allowed there. So I, I'm more about burrow to, you know, one or two of his pass catchers on the two game slate. We know that chase was the man against Las Vegas, getting the, Big targets, big yardage. T. Higgins, surprisingly, really didn't do much, wasn't targeted much. Uh, but Tyler Boyd is is one guy I want to jump on here early uh, because he's a value play. I think he's important to get one of those here on this slate. And guys in the slot against Tennessee have been very strong all year. We saw in week 18, Danny Amendola, of all people, seven mm -hmm. for 113 and two touchdowns. And guys who are bigger names have done well against Tennessee in that spot this year. But remember Beasley uh, towards the beginning of the season had seven for 88 and a score. And so I think this is a, a way that Burrow will attack them with Boyd. You know, they're going to put as much focus on Chase as they can with Fulton and Jenkins on the outside. Uh, and I still think Chase or Higgins could get it done at their price, but I like mm -hmm. Burrow, to, Burrow to Boyd. And then maybe if it fits to get Chase or Higgins into the lineup as well. What are your thoughts on this Cincinnati pass attack? Yeah, I was really impressed with with Joe Burrow. You know, his first playoff game last week, he just was so calm. You you would have never known that that was his first playoff game if you would have just watched it, you know, from, from a casual observer standpoint. And he just, you know, he he was so com composed and and under, you know, just poised under pressure situations at the end of the game um just really impressed and and i do in general like cincinnati in this game and, and i definitely like both boyd and higgins is i think that they're going to draw the lower ownership and the you know the um 
targets have kind of been going all over the place for the Bengals. So I could definitely see it shifting back to them this week. Yeah, we've seen some back and forth throughout the season with Chase and Higgins getting big target days. Uh, but lately, the thing that has jumped out at me is the consistency of Boyd. The last five weeks, he's gotten either five or six targets each week, and he's had a touchdown in four straight games. So a little bit under the under the radar. Meanwhile, Higgins, the last four games, his target numbers have been four, five, 13, and two. Mm. So he had that monster game against Baltimore, yeah, which I think can throw people off a little bit. Um, and so he has that tremendous ceiling that's much higher than Boyd. But lately, uh, Boyd's been the better value per target. And again, I, I really like this matchup for Boyd. So that's why I'm on him, you know, if I had to pick between him and Higgins this week. Uh, and then with Uzama, you know, he had a, a nice showing against the Raiders, but it's a tough matchup here. Tennessee top five against tight ends. Uh, so I'll probably pass there. Mixon really got the volume, major mm-hmm. snap advantage, touch advantage. He had 21 touches against the Raiders. Meanwhile, <laughs> P-, P. Ryan and Evans had one carry each, and that was it. They weren't targeted in the passing game, so I would not go with one of those backup running backs. Yeah, And I, I don't want to go with Mixon either because of that matchup. He would be GPP only for me. Um, but I, I do like this Cincinnati passing attack. Mm-hmm. All right, anything else for you on that side? Or are you ready to break down the Titans for us? No, just those two receivers for me was the main, you know, the main threat for me for, for Cincinnati's passing game. Okay. All right, well, talk to us about Tennessee and their running back situation. Uh, yeah, so they're going to be getting Derrick Henry back. It looks like they officially announced that he's going to be activated today. And so that's a huge lift for them, obviously. Um he didn't really see much of a discount, especially on FanDuel. He's 9000 He is the most expensive running back. He's 7500 on DraftKings, so he's a little bit more affordable over there. But Cincinnati has been, you know, um, below average against running backs this year. They've allowed the 13th most fantasy points to the position. Uh, but Derrick Henry hasn't played in a game since the end of October, so we're not really sure exactly what kind of workload he's going to get. But I do think that, you know, Tennessee is going to try and keep the Bengals and that high-powered offense with Joe Burrow and all those receivers uh, off the field. So they're going to try to control the clock. And uh, Henry will obviously be the best way for them to do that if they're successful. So um, he was averaging 26 fantasy points per game through eight games. Obviously one of the top players in DFS. So um, Henry's, Henry's my top option for Tennessee by far. Yeah, we know that Tennessee loves to run the ball, and he is tremendous at that. You know, I, I feel like there's some mixed signals for me, though, on, on Henry. I'm kind of going back and forth because, first of all, I don't trust that – I never trusted that he wouldn't be activated. I think mm-hmm. they're just, you know, trying to d- delay the ev- inevitable and try to yeah. add a little bit of intrigue there, but I, I don't think there's any question. Right. He'll be ready to go. We've seen some videos where he looked pretty good in practice. So I think he'll be in good shape uh, to give it a good run. Uh, no, no pun intended. Um, but, and, and you mentioned the matchup, you know, above average. Mm-hmm. Um, our friends at PFF give Tennessee a 73% run blocking advantage, which is very significant. Uh, second best on this slate. Um, but, you know, for the season, he's only averaged 4.3 yards per carry. Mm. 
um, which is actually the same as Foreman. Hmm. Hilliard's actually been more uh, efficient in limited uh, touches, but it's it's because of that volume that he was averaging all those fantasy points in the first eight weeks that you were referencing. We know he's not heavily involved in the passing game by any means. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I'm a little hesitant just because of uh, not knowing if he's actually ready to get 25 carries or more, mm-hmm. you know, if he, you know, and so then um, the, the other piece of it on the flip side is that last week, Jacobs carried it 6.4 yards per carry. So, mm. you know, Cincinnati could be had on the ground a little bit here of late. They're missing one of their defensive line stoppers as well. So I kind of go back and forth, um, but are you settling on paying that high price tag? I haven't settled on it myself yet, um, but you know, I'm just saying if, if I was to look at Tennessee, he would be the, the top option for me. Um, there's a lot of inconsistency in their passing game, and um, that's that's one of the reasons why. Okay. Well, let's turn to that passing game. Yeah, so I'm looking at A.J. Brown. Um, 7,600 on FanDuel, 6,200 on DraftKings. Uh, if Henry struggles or is limited in his, you know, his workload, the Titans will probably look to AJ Brown in the passing game. He's been their best wide receiver, obviously. Uh, before he went, before Henry went down, uh, Brown actually had two back-to-back 30-plus DraftKings points games, which is pretty interesting to me. He had eight catches for 133 and one touchdown on nine targets for 30.3 DraftKings points against Kansas City. And he had 10 catches for 155 yards and a touchdown on 11 targets for 34 and a half DraftKings points. So just because Henry's coming back, it doesn't mean necessarily that they're going to go away from AJ Brown. And I think that's going to draw his ownership down quite a bit with Henry coming back. So I do like AJ Brown in this matchup. I do too. I like him a lot. In fact, I like him a little bit better than Henry given his price. Uh, I think I'll have more lineups with Brown than Henry uh, watching you know, the, the Cincinnati secondary wasn't too impressed with Eli Apple last week. Hmm. I think that's who AJ Brown will see most. And we saw Zay Jones get a touchdown on Apple. AJ Brown's got the size and strength advantage. Uh, he's certainly Tannehill's favorite target, most trusted, most consistent. Although like you say, it has been a very inconsistent passing attack because lots of times they don't throw it very much, Mm -hmm. but how about the, end of the regular season the last game against houston Tannehill threw for 287 yards and four scores and he really i think has gotten some confidence going for that passing attack to know that they can do it if if henry struggles and he really spread it around um the touchdowns went to aj brown julio jones uh westbrook akine um and ferkser mm-hmm. um so how about any of those other guys in the passing attack uh, any of them jump out at you? Yeah, uh, Ferkser for me, um, 3,100 on DraftKings. So he's very inexpensive. He has scored a touchdown in the last two games to end the season. Um, Cincinnati's allowed the eighth most fantasy points to tight ends this year. We saw last week that Waller was be, you know, able to get open and be effective against them. Um, so it's a favorable matchup. And I feel like, you know, Ferkser's kind of that low-owned GPP play that could probably – separate us from the rest of the field in the tournament, potentially if he gets in the end zone. Yeah. I like Ferkser here as well. Uh, even as a, a punt play in cash because of that price, you know, he, like you said, touchdowns in two straight after a, kind of a disappointing regular season where mm-hmm. 
he really just didn't quite hit what we thought he would hit. Um, you know, Swaim stepped up and Pruitt, but Pruitt is out now. So yeah. Ferkser really has stepped up. Um, so I think he could go there. How about Julio? That that touchdown last week was the first one of the season for him. I know. I mean, I know he's been injured, mm-hmm. um, but man, they could really use a, a lift from him. Uh, you know, if they do have to go to the air. Yeah. All right. Any final notes here on Tennessee? That's all I got. Okay. Excellent. Well, before we get to game two, um, thank you all for tuning in. Hit that thumbs up if you don't mind. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We've got you covered for the NFL playoffs. We've got your NBA podcast coming out seven days a week in front of the paywall. Uh, Coach and I have got the golf podcast as well, and baseball is right around the corner, hopefully. So um, join us on YouTube for all of these podcasts. Any questions, you can reach out to us on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. If you want to join us for the lineups this weekend, go to our website, DFSCoachTalk.com. Sign up there. Get the four sports special uh, and join us through the NBA playoffs for all of our sports. Uh, That's a terrific option. Uh, All right, so let's get to game two. San Fran and Green Bay rematch. By the way, this is the the game we just did, Cincinnati-Tennessee, is the only game this weekend where the teams have not played each other already this season. So this is a rematch, and your Packers won back in week three, 30-28. This one is uh, in Green Bay. It's going to be cold. Single-digit mm-hmm. temperatures, maybe even below zero with the wind chill. Probably not the ideal scenario for the 49ers and Jimmy G with that banged-up thumb. He's been dealing with a shoulder issue as well. So he, he's not 100%. Um, they are the five-and-a-half-point underdogs. And I, I do favor Green Bay overall in this game. But I, I do have a lot of faith in Shanahan as well uh, to come up with a good mm-hmm. game plan. We know they've been really run heavy. You know, if you look at the the Dallas game last week, they only threw it 25 times. In the last six games that Elijah Mitchell has played, he's gotten at least 21 carries in each game. Yeah. So we know they, they want to hand it off to him a bunch. Pro Football Focus gives uh, the 49ers an 85% run advantage, run blocking mm-hmm. advantage. So that sounds good. Um but, you know, the Packers are solid across the, the board defensively. You can talk about the guys that are going to get back to be even stronger this week. Um, but the one thing I want to talk about is we, we know that San Fran wants to run the ball, and they've gotten really creative here recently getting the ball into Debo Samuel's hands as a running back. But it's funny if you look back at week three. In that game, Debo carried it twice, and he had 10 targets in the passing game. Mm-hmm. If you look at San Fran last week against Dallas, Debo ran it 10 times and had three targets in the passing game. So it was completely flip-flopped. He was much more of a running back against Dallas than than a receiver. Right. And, you know, back in the beginning of the season, they were not using Debo in this way where he's more he's touching the ball more as a runner than than receiver. Mm-hmm. We saw that big uh, coming out party for Debo against the Rams. So you know, that's a that's kind of a, a game changer for what happened with the 49ers in that matchup, not being able to beat the Packers. Uh, so I think that, you know, that'll be that'll be a wrinkle that would be a big challenge for for Green Bay. Why don't we get why don't we start right there for your thoughts on the Packers defense? Um, you know, 
what will they add this week in terms of personnel? And what do you think about how they might be able to slow down San Fran as they really try to run the ball? Yeah, I, I think that with, you know, Zadarius Smith and uh, Whitney Merciless coming back, they do help with the pass rush, obviously, but they also help stopping the run because Zadarius Smith is is very versatile and they can line him up at defensive tackle right next to Kenny Clark. So they could have um, Preston Smith, Zadarius, Rashawn Gary, and Kenny Clark all on the line. And those guys can get, you know, they can set that edge really well. And then Devondre Campbell, he was just named to the All-Pro team. Um, he can really slow down the run, too. So I think with Zadarius back and, and Whitney Merciless and those guys, they're, they're going to really key in on that running game. And when Green Bay has done that this year, they've been really good against the run. Okay. Yeah, that's going to be a, a key battle. A lot of fun to watch in the cold. Uh, I do think Shanahan will continue to get creative uh, with the running game, short passes. And in that first matchup, uh, I want to note that Kyle Juszczyk and Ayuk both had four catches for 37 yards and a touchdown. And Mm -hmm. Juszczyk was kind of more of that Swiss Army knife in that game than than Debo because Kyle had five carries and four catches. And again, Debo was primarily a receiver at that point. So Juszczyk, if you look at the game logs, uh, you know, he would be a great value if he got that same role, I think it's a little bit unlikely, you know, somebody to look for in a GPP, but I do think Debo will get more of those, those touches. I just don't know if I can get to Debo at 7,600 on, on DraftKings. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's one that I'm kind of grappling with along with Derek Henry in, in the first game. You could go with one of these value receivers for San Fran though. Ayuk Jennings uh, Jennings remember had two touchdowns against the Rams at the end of the regular season. The problem here, again, they they throw it uh, low volume and they really spread it around because mm-hmm. in that Dallas game, you also got targets for Benjamin and, and Sherfield. Um, but let me wrap up the San Fran side here with probably my favorite play. It's, it's Kittle, who hasn't been doing much lately. Uh, there's a little concern here with Jimmy G, of course, and his health, but it's a above-average matchup. Uh, we've seen big games against Green Bay for tight ends. You know, Andrews had the biggest. Yeah. But even Gerald Everett had a game eight for 63. And Kittle himself went seven for 92 when they played before. Uh, so I like Kittle to bounce back here a little bit, be more involved in the game plan. 5,300 on DraftKings, a lot more affordable than Debo. Uh, so I think I'm going to have Kittle here in a bunch of my lineups. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me, you know, with with Jair Alexander coming back, I think that they won't rely as much on um, Adrian Amos and and Darnell Savage at the safety position, rely as much on them in stopping the pass as, you know, they'll have them come up to stop the run, I think. And so that's going to open up opportunities with between that and um, Campbell and Chris Barnes, the linebackers focusing on the run that I think Kittle is going to have some opportunities that he hasn't for whatever reason had lately. Okay. Excellent. Yeah, it was good to have your insight on the green Bay defense for uh, throughout this season here. Cause we know the green Bay has been a lot involved in a lot of these primetime games we've broken down. Mm-hmm. So awesome stuff. And I'm glad that you now get to break them down on the offensive side of the ball here. Finally uh, at Lambo. What are your thoughts? Yeah. So um, Aaron Rodgers is 8,400 on FanDuel. He's 7,100 on DraftKings. 
In week three, he completed 23 out of 33 for 261, two touchdowns, no interceptions for 19 DraftKings points. Um, wasn't the ceiling game, you know, that we've seen from him, but a solid game. Um, San Francisco has been about average against quarterbacks this year, allowing the 16th most fantasy points. But, you know, Rodgers is 0-3 against San Francisco in the playoffs, and I think that he's going to come out on fire um, looking to try and make a statement in this game. And I think that he and Devontae Adams are going to hook up quite a bit, especially early. And, um, you know, Pro Football Focus has him projected as their fifth highest scoring quarterback this weekend. I think he'll be in the top three. Um, if not higher than that. And I think that the other top quarterbacks on this slate are going to have some matchups that are pretty tough and they could see, you know, I could see them struggling a little bit more than Rogers at home against the Niners secondary, which has had its issues at times this year. Yeah, they, they really have, um, you know, pretty strong defense overall, again, mm -hmm. on paper, uh, the, the Niners, that is, you know, top 10 against the run in the past, but you can beat them on the outside. And how about Devonte in that first matchup, 18 yeah. targets. Yeah. You know, like you said, it wasn't a ceiling game for Rogers, but out of his 33 attempts, 18 went to Devonte, mm -hmm. caught 12, had a monster game. Is he locked in for you? Yeah, absolutely. He's 8,700 on FanDuel. He's 8,500 on DraftKings. Uh, but you know, the, the 49ers were about average. They've allowed the 17th most fantasy points to wide receivers. But Devontae has had a ton of success against them um, the last several times he's faced them. And, you know, week three, like you said, he had 12 catches for 132 and a touchdown on 18 targets for 34.2 DraftKings points. But if you look at his four games, he's averaged 32 DraftKings points against San Francisco. So it's not really that much different than what he's done his whole career against them. Yeah, and then the other thing is watching the tape of San Fran and Dallas is watching the San Francisco corners Mosley and Thomas, and they were really playing soft, uh, you know, letting the guys get a, um, you know, the, the underneath passes like Cooper. Mm -hmm. uh, and if Cooper is going to get that room and, and have that much of an open start yeah. to his routes, uh, I, I see, uh, you know, Adams doing much better than even Cooper. Uh, maybe they'll change it and, and get up on him a little bit, but he's got the size advantage on those guys as well. So I just don't have faith that San Fran will be able to slow down Devontae. He's a touchdown monster. Um, but how about the rest of these pass catchers? Because we've got some, uh, you know, moving parts here with health. Mm -hmm. Yeah, MVS has been dealing with a back injury for basically the last month. Um, so he's going to be listed as doubtful. I don't think he'll play. Green Bay has one of the most conservative medical staffs out there. So I do not expect him to play. Um, but Alan Lazard is 6,000 on FanDuel, 4,400 on DraftKings with Cobb, you know, well, he's been out and with MVS dealing with his back injury, Lazard has really stepped up in a big way. He scored five touchdowns in their last five games. And, um, you know, if San Francisco does decide to double up on Adams, it could really open up some opportunities for Lazard. Um, he had five receptions for 75 yards and two touchdowns for 24 and a half DraftKings points in the first half. Uh, against Detroit. And then in the week before that, he had uh, six receptions for 72 yards and a touchdown for 19.2 DraftKings points against Minnesota. So he's really established himself as the, the wide receiver too. And um, with Cobb being out for the last six weeks, I'm not sure how much he's going to be involved yet. So I do look for Lazard to be a strong play as he has been the last several weeks. 
Yeah, he's really stepped it up, no doubt. Um, all right, how about the running backs and the tight ends? Yeah, I actually like both Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon in this game. Um, prefer uh, Dillon more on, on FanDuel and, and Jones more in DraftKings because Jones is more of a receiving threat. Dillon, you know, when they get in the goal line situations, that's where, where he really thrives. Um, I could see them kind of powering behind, you know, him powering behind that offensive line and getting into the end zone, even if Jones is the one that's driving them down the field. So I like both those guys. Jones is 7,500 on FanDuel, 6,800 on DraftKings, and then Dylan 6,100 on FanDuel and 5,100 on DraftKings. Now, how much faith do you have in, in Aaron Jones and his health? Because he sat out the finale against Detroit, right? Mm-hmm. And even in that game before that against Minnesota, Dylan had 14 carries. Uh, he only had eight. Uh, do you think he's healthy and ready to go? Yeah, Jones looked Jones looked good to me um, the last time I saw him, which was in that Minnesota game. He didn't have a lot of opportunities, but he talked about in his press conference, uh, I guess it was Wednesday or maybe Tuesday, uh, about having fresh legs and he was ready to get out there again. So I think that Jones will do just fine. Okay. Any interest in the tight ends there? Uh, in a GPP, I could see that being in play with Degora, um, but for the most part, not really. Um, that that touchdown he had uh, against Detroit, that was his you know his second one of the year, but he had that big pass play, and that's the first time he's done that all year. So I don't expect him to have that kind of a uh, big big play in this game. Yeah, to me, it would be GPP only. I'd rather on DraftKings pay the extra hundred dollars for Ferkser. But mm-hmm. I will mention that if you only look at the rankings here, San Francisco is top 10 against tight ends, but they haven't faced Andrews, Kelsey, or Waller. And we saw in the last week of the regular season, Higby had six catches, 55 yards, two touchdowns. So again, I think it's worth a consideration in GPPs to, to look at DeGuara because he, he does seem to have gotten more chemistry here as the season has gone on with Rodgers, don't you think? Yeah, I agree with that. I do. And like I said, that that's why he would be that you know big gpp type play for me excellent all right well i know you'll be uh fired up here for this event and we'll have all of our lineups locked in at that point so you can sit back and relax and and watch it uh again for the lineup be relaxing there's no (laughs) (laughs) for the lineups we'll be giving out uh full lineups on fanduel and yahoo for the two game slates cash lineups gpp lineups We'll have showdown slates on FanDuel, full lineups, uh, DraftKings, the core. We'll have a two-game core on DraftKings for cash and GPP. So a lot of slates. Uh, jump in with us. Enjoy this. This is a really important weekend. Uh, it's, a, it's a great time of year for NFL DFS because we've studied these teams all season long, and now we get the, the biggest matchups where, where guys are healthy and we have a good feel for how they're going to approach it. So DFSCoachDoc.com, join us as a member. We'd love to have you. And again, any questions, you can reach out to us on Twitter at DFSCoachTalk. Join us for the Sunday show. Uh, that'll be posting here later Friday afternoon. And great work, Crash. Good luck to your Packers. And uh, on behalf of the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. We'll see you next time as we look to crush it in DFS.